Now it's on. Voila, the mute button. Does amazing things. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, so today, for you guys, unfortunately, is the one-man show. Um, sickness has has gotten us a little bit, so that's why I was leading worship. But um, thank you for being here. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come and uh, worship with us. Um, if you have your tithes or offerings that you want to give, again, back at the kiosk, you can give there at lifechurchutah.com. And then this Friday is our women's event. We have a little video. Check it out. Ladies, Girlfriends presents another Christmas event just for you, Great Joy. On Friday, December 4th, we will be opening up this great gift of joy as we celebrate together the birth of Jesus through stories and songs. Due to current restrictions, we will be taking this Christmas celebration online for all ladies to enjoy, free of charge. And you have a choice this year. You can be a part of this night completely free, but for the full experience, we have a box that will be on sale for $5 in the lobby today. Inside this box are some wonderful items that will enhance your great joy experience. Also included are invitations to share with your friends and family so that they can be a part of this event free of charge. We have a fantastic night of great joy planned. You won't want to miss this powerful evening. Yay! So it should be a lot of fun. Um, if you have any questions, hit up my wife, Allison, after service. She will have the boxes that you can purchase. Uh, she'll have answers to whatever questions you have. Um, but it should be a fun night. I know that they've always had fun doing it here in the church and in person. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they make it uh, a fresh thing for online, but I think they'll do it. So plan your Friday night accordingly. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, we are going to have decorating of the church for the Christmas season. Uh, some of the gals from the West Valley campus are going to come out. Uh, Allison will be here, and that is from 1.30 to 3 o'clock. So come help hang up decorations, trees. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, if you want to be a part of that, come and, uh, come and join. It should be fun. Make our place a little festive. Take our pumpkins away because it is now Christmas time. All right, so as we are aware... We just celebrated Thanksgiving, and this is truly one of my favorite holidays. Um, it's in a close second to Christmas. I love Christmas, everything about it, the music, the lights, the snow, the cold. I, I love Christmas, but Thanksgiving is right there because I love a good Thanksgiving meal. Uh, there's this new fad, I'm going to call it a fad, that people don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. It's just not right. People are smoking ribs and doing hams, and you got to have the bird. I love the bird. The, it's it's good. I like I like having the bird. And for for a lot of us this year, this year was different. Um, uh, people spending it alone or in smaller groups. Uh, we actually ended up staying home, just the four of us this year. Typically, we are the host home. Uh, when we moved out to Tooele, uh, our house houses more people easier than the rest of my family. So on any given birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, we'll have 10 to 25 people in the house. Um, and this year, everyone else was elsewhere. And um, it was actually kind of nice. It surprised me how much I enjoyed 
that just being our family, being just the four of us, I mean, there was no getting up at the break of dawn to start making some food or to get ready to rush out the door. I, we woke up at like 8.30 just in the, in the, with enough time to turn on the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then we watched the dog show. The, these are traditions that Allison has brought into my life. Never watched any of these until uh, 15 years ago, but now it would be weird if we didn't find out who won best in show in the dog show. Um, so while we're watching that, I'm started baking my pie, and then um, we, uh, Allison starts preparing the bird at about 1.30, and about 6.30 at night, we had Thanksgiving dinner, and it was, it was nice because it was uh, mellow, we were still in our pajamas, we, it was a great day, and um, now when we um, do dinner, I try to create the atmosphere I had when I was a kid, no TVs, no electronics, we're all around the table, and so that we are kind of forced to talk to one another, try to get involved in each other's lives. And, and Thanksgiving was no different. We turned the TV off and um, sat around the table. And I usually ask the kids, who wants to pray for dinner? And then they argue over it. And then, but this, this Thanksgiving was like, no, I, I want to do it. And so as we're sitting there amongst our feast, a, I begin to pray, and, and I'm thanking God for all of his blessings that are in our lives, and then I, I go to Allison and, and thank God for her in my life and the rock she is for our family and how she is a great mother to our kids, and, uh, and then I move on to my Ava Jane, how she's healthy and strong and smart, and she's uh, spunky, and Harrison, he's a little firecracker that is constantly in trouble, but I love him to death, and as I'm going through and thanking God for each one, I start to get emotional. And it was one of those emotions where you can't really control it. It's, it's coming. There's no stopping the freight train. And I get done. We say amen. And Harrison looks at me. He's like, Daddy, are you crying? <laughs> to which I replied, I sure am. And it, it's, it's, it's due to it's been a long road for us to get where we are. We've had to, to fight. We've had to. Uh, grind, work, and sweat to get all that we have uh, earned and been blessed with. And then when it comes to my kiddos, it's been a long journey to get uh, to be a parent. Um, <clears throat> Allison would alter her diet. She would take the right vitamins. She would go to all the appointments. And it seemed like for a while we were not meant to have kids you see, before Ava, we lost four babies, and after Harrison, we lost two. So when it comes to my kids and, and praying for them, and, you know, there's a, a different uh, emotion that is sparked inside of me. You know, I, I don't deserve all that I have. I don't, I, have, I don't deserve what God has blessed me with, and God's grace and love have truly changed my life. You know, I'm so overwhelmed with what God has blessed me with that all I can be is thankful. And that thankfulness turned into emotion on Thursday in me crying. But have you ever taken inventory of your life and thought of all the different ways uh, God has been good to you, that you can give thanks? Have you ever realized how much you have been blessed with and given God the glory for it? Well, today I want to focus on one verse 
but look at it through a lens found in the book of Isaiah. I want to look at this idea of being thankful and being thankful in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As I was putting this message together, I had this thought, despite what life throws at you, you still have something to be thankful for. Despite what life throws at you, you still have something to be thankful for. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you help us to understand that no matter what's going on in life, we can be thankful. So as we look at this idea, this principle, through the story in Isaiah, through your words that you spoke through him, I pray that it would come alive to us and it would transform who we are. I bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 45. We're going to look at verses 4 through 13. So it's a lot of text, and I'm going to read it to you. It says this, And why have I called you for this work? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I called you by name when you did not know me. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have prepared you, even though you do not know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I am the one who creates the light and makes the darkness. I am the one who sends good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. Destruction is certain for those who argue with their creator. Does a clay pot ever, ever argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father and mother, Why was I born? Why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord, the Creator, and Holy One of Israel says, Do you question what I do? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands I stretched out the heavens. All the millions of stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide all his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people, and not for a reward. I, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. So, Let's begin with a little bit of what is taking place in Israel's history. Israel has been taken captive by Babylon, and they have been in Babylon for many, many years. And they've begun to cry out to God for deliverance. God has heard them, and he is going to use King Cyrus, or Cyrus the Great as he was called, to free them. The thing is, is Cyrus had no idea that God was going to use him. See, he was a Persian king that didn't know God and didn't have anything to do with the Jewish culture. But God was preparing him to free his people. See, uh, Sirius the Great was going to go into Babylon, defeat Babylon, and then allow the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. God was going to use him for his glory. 
You know, there are several things that I want to look at this morning, and you may be wondering, how in the world does this text correlate with Thanksgiving? Well, now that we have a small understanding of what's going on in the history, in the, in the times of what's, what we just read, let's look at some key verses. Verse 7 says this, I am the one who creates the light and makes the darkness. I am the one who sends good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. What do we see here in this one verse? God is in control. He is orchestrating everything. He is moving the pieces. It is a game of chess to which we have no idea what's going on. The people that are being moved are unaware. God is moving the pieces around. And it made me think, you know, you know who wasn't surprised by 2020? God. He knew what was going to happen. He knew there were going to be wildfires around the world to spark off this year of craziness. He knew that COVID-19 was coming down the pipeline and how it was going to affect everybody. He knew that George Floyd was going to happen and the riots were going to happen. He wasn't caught off guard by that and he wasn't thrown off by the killer hornets that stayed somewhere and haven't thank goodness don't want to deal with those um he knew that it was going to be a tumultuous political climate he knew these things were going to happen he wasn't caught off guard but why well verse 8 gives us uh, some insight open up O heavens and pour out your righteousness let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. See, God uses these events, life experience, to give us opportunity for his glory and his salvation to be shown and offered. You know, there is one thing that we as humans kind of need to get over, and it's hard for us to hear, something we don't want to accept, and we're very well equipped at ignoring it and disregarding it. And it's this one little truth. This life, this world, are not about guaranteed pleasures. We're not guaranteed the pleasures of life. For example, just because I'm alive, I don't deserve to be wealthy. If being alive was the, the prerequisite, everyone would be wealthy. The people in Calcutta, India, the people in Africa that go without food, that go without water, they would deserve it as much as anybody else. Just because I had a tough year, I deserve that new car. That commercial drives me crazy. You deserve this car. You deserve this pillow. You deserve this bed. You, just because it was a tough year, I don't really deserve those things. Just because I'm a believer, I deserve life to be easy. Life isn't easy. You see, society and, and, and uh, wants you to believe that just because you grieve and you are alive. You deserve whatever you want in this life. The cold hard truth is this life is riddled with tough days, days where you will doubt your faith, days where you will doubt God and his goodness, days where you will want to give up. You see, after the second miscarriage, I remember I was walking with my dad through Walmart, and it was one of those situations where I was kind of off guard and uh, as we're, you're walking the aisles, you kind of open up and just talk instead of when you're sitting across from each other sometimes. And I remember him asking me, well, I don't remember his exact question, but I remember my exact answer. And it was something to do about God and why we were going through this. And I told my dad, I said, you know, 
I don't know if I want to serve a God that will allow me to go through this much pain, this much hurt. And, you know, I was in a, a dark place. I was in a place where I didn't know what, what I should do. And the, the kicker is I was the licensed preacher. I was the one that should know better. But I wasn't exempt from pain, and I wasn't exempt from what that pain caused inside of me. You know, let's, if, as we read on in verses 9 through 10, it says this, Destruction is certain for those who argue with their creator. Does a clay pot ever argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, Why are you, uh, you are doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to his father and mother, Why was I born? Why did you make me this way? You see, I like to create things. I like to fix things. Uh, if you remember, a couple weeks ago, I shared my story of the bookshelf that was a failure, but it was repurposed. But in the process of making that bookshelf, did the wood that was meant to be a fence say to me, what are you doing, guy? I am made to be a fence slab, not a bookshelf. No, it did not. And in the process of making it into a bookshelf, did it say, hey, Forrest, you said I was supposed to be a bookshelf, and now you're making me into a movie shelf. It did not. I was the creator, and I was able to mold it into whatever I wanted it to be. You know, it kind of makes me wonder, who are we to question, get mad about the trials of life, to determine it's unfair? Yet we do. I understand the trial of the miscarriage. I questioned. I questioned my faith. But think about Job, a man that lost everything. He lost his kids. He lost his home. He lost his wealth. His friends told him, curse God and die. Dude, you've done something wrong. Just give up. But he wouldn't do it. He lamented. He questioned. Because that's a part of who we are. That's how we process. That's how we get through things. And that's okay. It was okay for me to have those questions. It was okay for me to have those doubts. It pushed me closer to God when I was in the middle of it. You see, Job understood something, that God was in control. It took him a minute to get there. He went through the process at the end of the book. God gets a hold of him. He's like, hey, Job, dude, I'm in control. You, you, you got, I got you in the palm of my hand. You know, I had a video that I wanted to be playing in the back, and it didn't work, and it was this video of a, a gal with a clump of clay, and it was on the spinning wheel. And it shows that this clay starts, and she gets her hands wet, and it starts spinning, and she starts forming it. And she brings it up, she brings it down, she starts shaping it, and then she gets a little more water, and as the table's turning and turning, she starts using her hand, and she starts pushing on, on the clay, and the clay starts to divot. She takes her fingers and raises it up, and she pulls this clay into a pot. And uh, the imagery is something that, that, that really stuck out to me because that's what God does with us. That's what life's trials do with us. I, the, the, the clay's not comfortable when, when the, she's putting her hands into it. If it had feelings, you know, sometimes it, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it, it hurts. Sometimes we don't want to go through it. And at the end of the video, it's in this beautiful pot that's going to go into the kiln. It's going to be 
fired, and it's going to be this beautiful teapot. See, when we're in the process, we don't always see what we will become at the end of it. But God does. He knows where we started. We started as this lump of clay. And as we ask God into our lives to give us direction, to give us uh, meaning, he then begins to form us and shape us. And it takes the different things of life, different trials, good times and bad times. It's not all bad. God said he uses the good times and the bad times. Verses 11 through 13 say this. This is what the Lord, the creator and the holy one of Israel says. Do you question what I do? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands I stretched out the heavens. All the millions of stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide all his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people, and not for a reward. I, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. What is God saying? Again, he's letting us know he is in control. He is the one that had the power to create everything the way he saw fit. He brought order out of chaos. He stretched the expanse of the sky. He is the one that put the stars in their place, and they are at his command. He is the one that gives the orders. He is the one that gives direction, not us. This can be a hard truth for us to accept. We want control. We want to be the ones that make the decisions. We have our plans. Think back to Cyrus. Here's a man that is being used by God, and he is completely unaware. God is going to use him for his own glory. You see, God uses everything at his disposal to advance his kingdom. So how does this tie into thanksgiving? Well, I've got three points. The first one is this. You can let go and trust. You can let go and trust. Whatever life has thrown at you, you can trust that God is in control. If you've lost your job, if you have lost a loved one, if the election results have you all in a tizzy, if, uh, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, God is in control. God is the one that is orchestrating and moving the pieces. For what purpose? For his kingdom, so that salvation and righteousness will be known, so that people will come to know Jesus. The second thing is God uses life's events to shape us. See, this is a statement that I've made several times. It's a statement that kind of can, can rub us the wrong way. It has me sometimes. But God is more concerned with your character than your comfort. God is more concerned with who we are, how we live, how we proclaim his name than he is about our comfort. So God will allow good times, bad times, hard times to hit us so that it molds us, it shapes us, it helps us to grow. See, there's this thing, if um, uh, where, we have, where we are in the midst of a trial and where we see God will either help our faith grow or it will deplete our faith. If we look at the hard time that we are walking through and we say, God is using this to move me forward. God is using this to teach me. God is using this to stretch me, to grow me. My faith grows because I am seeing, I am trusting, I am knowing that God is in control. But if I view it as God has abandoned me, that the hard time is the neglect on his part, our faith is depleted. Where we see God in the midst of our trial grows our faith or diminishes our faith. The third thing is God uses all of these things for his glory. 
At the end of the day, while we are beloved by God, proven through the gift of his son, Jesus, for the salvation of people, the end game is that God gets the glory. The end game is that people come into his kingdom because they have accepted what Jesus has done. You see, the world will know one day that there is only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name will be glorified and praised. That is the end game. There will be trials. There will be things that break us, things that devastate us, things that will make us happy, things that will fill us with joy. What we need to understand is as we go through what we go through, those events shape us. There are things in my past that I am not proud of. There are things of who I, who I am that, that I will not be like, hey, kids, guess what dad did? But I, I, won't, I wouldn't take them away because that's what shaped me. That's how I know I can tell my kids, hey, don't ever do this. I've done it. I've tried it. It's not worth it. Learn from my mistake. Hey, God has walked me through this. This is how I found victory through this temptation. This is how I made it through here. God uses these things not only to shape us, but to help us shape other people. Our goal in, in this life is to lead people to Jesus. And God uses all of these things to shape us. You know, I don't understand why we lost six babies. I won't. Uh, this side of heaven, I won't understand it. But what I do know is Allison has been able to minister and love on women who are going through it for the first time or the second time or the third time. She has been there for those women. I know that because of what we have gone through, my appreciation for my kids is so much greater than if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through. My love from Ava and Harrison, my nieces, my nephews, even your kids, that, that holds a special place in my heart because I know that they are a gift from God. They, they are gifts that I love. They're tough gifts when they want to try every ounce of my patience, when they want to fight over the dumbest things. But I love them, and I have a different understanding of how precious they are to me. So my friends, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We can give thanks in all things, in every area of our life, no matter what comes our way. We can know that God is in control and that because he loves us, he hasn't left us. He walks next to us. The Bible says over and over again, Fear not, for I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will walk with you. He is there alongside us, pushing us, teaching us, encouraging us, growing us, stretching us to make us more like Jesus, to make us more like his son, because in his son's name, in Jesus' name, is all hope, peace, strength, and salvation. For these things, we can give thanks. We can give thanks. Despite what life throws at you, you still have something to be thankful for. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that the events of life, no matter how good, no matter how bad, and everything in the middle is leading us toward you and you shaping our character to be more like Jesus so that we are able to to love like him, to give like him, to serve like him, and, and to lead people to him. I pray, Father, as we go through the hard times, help our minds to 
to shift and to be able to see that you are in the midst of it with us. We are not alone. We have not been forsaken. We have not been abandoned. But you are right there with us, walking with us, encouraging us. We love you and we thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right, I got a quick reflection and a challenge for you. My reflection is this. Look back over this past year, this year of craziness. Think on the hard times. Think on the good times. And see if you can recognize where God has been with you in all of it. See how he helped you grow and see where he deserves the glory. The challenge is this. The next time you're going through a trial, the next time you're going through a hard time, let it go. Let God take control. Allow him to shape you. Then give him the glory for helping you get through it, to walking you through it. Because if we will allow God to be God in our lives and shape us, to make our character like that of Jesus and be thankful in all things, giving God the praise, we will be equipped and strengthened to love those around us and to lead them to Jesus. Because despite what life throws at you, you still have something to be thankful for. I love you guys. Thank you for being here, and I will see you next week.